1: Good evening and welcome to Morph Mom Moments. Uh, For those of you who just tuned in and heard that beautiful song from Caroline Sky, Awake Now, you'll be very excited to hear that my very, very... I'm so excited about guest tonight, Cara Connors. Her mom is here to talk about... Caroline's journey uh how she got to where she is today at the very young age of 16 and most importantly we're going to hear about um she is currently auditioning on NBC's The Voice so we have a lot to talk about tonight and Cara it's an absolute honor to have you here with me um a quick introduction to those of you just joining me for the first time and I apologize to you, <laughs> those of you who have come back I'll make it quick I promise um again welcome to Morph Mom Moments my name is Kathleen Smith. Um, I started Morphbomb about four years ago. Uh, We've sort of uh, evolved into a multimedia platform where I guess our tagline, you would say, is we try to empower, connect, and inspire women. And we do so through telling stories. Um, We interview women around the country who share the stories about what they're doing, how they did it, steps that they took, and sometimes more importantly, steps that didn't work and how they overcame those obstacles or how they figured out a different way to go about it. That's on the website, which is morph MorphMom, m o r p h m o m dot com. Uh, I also write for the Huffington Post, again sharing these amazing stories. I host cocktail parties around the country, celebrating certain Morph Moms or certain ideas or certain things that we all feel strongly about. Uh, we also have this radio show, which is so much fun. We've started classes, and in April, I've some pretty exciting news. We are going to host our very first inaugural. Uh, Speakers Conference, and it will be a day of many, many different women sharing amazing stories and hopefully inspiring those of you out there interested in starting to do something to actually go out and do it. So, again, welcome to Morph Mom. And for those of you listening who would like to join the conversation, please call in at 212 631 7553. So, without further ado, let me introduce my very exciting guest tonight, who I'm actually thrilled to have on, Kara Connors. Kara, thank you, and welcome. Welcome for, to More thank Fun you. Moments.
0: Oh, thank you, Kathleen, for having me. I really appreciate it. It's a real honor to, to join you, and I look forward to the to sharing and learning from from your guests as well oh. about um, the, the journey of raising kids. So as I mentioned,
1: again, those of you who were listening to that amazing song <laughs> that we began with tonight... Uh, That was Kara's daughter, Caroline Skye, who is a singer-songwriter, and by the way, only 16, and has been doing this for years. Um, So Kara, I guess, you know what, before we even get to that, tell me about sort of yourself and how your journey led to where you are today.
0: Well, um, I am, um, I'll start off by saying I have two kids. Um, I live out on the West Coast, and my background's in public health, so I had a lot of exposure to um, kind of the theoretical and academic background of um, children's health um, and women's health. And um, having children then is just obviously um, a personal experience that um, those two worlds kind of went in parallel. So for me, um, I was able to kind of draw upon some of that content to better learn about kind of healthy child development. I'm not a child health development um, expert, but um, some of that content from my background in public health definitely informed, you know, my parenting or thoughts about parenting. Um, And I think I would say that um, uh, raising two daughters um, uh, has been a journey in uh, lots of unique ways that I never would have anticipated Um, And I think part of it has to do with um, who we are as women and kind of making our own discoveries about whether it's our professional development, our personal development, and then how does that line up with raising children and making sure that their needs are met as well. Um, Caroline, um, is 16, but she probably started singing, um, and picking up on her own natural talents, just like lots of other kids do, where they experiment and they have a sense of curiosity and they want to try different things, or maybe it's through storytelling and writing, but in her case, she always loved, um, singing. And, um, we've always tried to, um, support her in that by, um... You know maybe having her join a church group or a choir group um um uh, you know sometimes there's family activities you know we would play games and have people um introduce her like her grandfather would like to introduce her at the family dinner table and uh, make her sound like you know she was joining a um you know the stage about to give a song <laughs> and so it was just those through those little ways and she um always really enjoyed singing but she also had a real interest in um, playing instruments um, and her dad plays guitar so that certainly helped um, in giving her some exposure to the guitar um, so that was kind of the early stage of it and we lived um, in an area where you really had to get in your car to get to places um, outside of Boston we weren't right in the city so um we didn't have the benefit of what um, people in cities often have, which are a lot more resources and activities that are available. So, and there was only so much that we were able and willing to do um, that would have made sense for her at such a young age. So we tried to keep it local and keep it simple and keep it super fun for her. Um, but I guess that's what I would how I would describe the early early experiences of her. But again, I don't think it's any different from Other parents out there trying to, um, you know, spend time helping their children um, enjoy the things that kind of spark a passion inside of them. Um, But that was kind of the early experience, and I'm happy to share more about as she got older and what that involved, too. So at that
1: age – so what age would you say that you actually – or you could sort of tell it was becoming – I guess not just a hobby at that age, but more of a passion. Like when could you tell it was actually something that was not something, you know, that, that a little kid probably would try and skip on to something else? When could you sort of tell it was something that was sort of innate or a or, or part of who she was?
0: Yeah, I think it. I think you, you honed in on it, which is um, where they kind of skip from one thing to the next, which is really fun too, because that's a great organic approach for kids kind of discovering what they like. And in her case, when she was, you know, even as young as two or three, um, she had a really, she had um, really liked um, memorizing songs. And that was a great way for her to learn as well. And uh, I would say that by the time she was probably five or six, it just seemed like a regular part of her, um her life uh, in little ways. I mean, um, she wasn't fixated, but she brought it into her life, and I remember taking her to a church group, and there were five kids in the church group singing, and um, uh, I think she was, uh, she really enjoyed it. She liked being around the other kids, and she wanted to keep doing it, but she wanted to try different things, and Mm -hmm. the church group could only do so much and um but it's still fun for her so i would say like even as young as five but not really trying to do anything structured with her because the kids are so young Mm. and you know they that it's you know you kind of have to let them find their own way but you're still responsible for um you know taking care of all their basic needs but i would say as young as five probably and then when she um we moved from Boston to California, and we got to California. There are all these great things that the kids could get involved in. Um, uh, gosh, I mean, there's year-round tennis, there's year-round swimming, there's year, <laughs> yes. there's year-round hiking, there's year-round soccer, there's year-round. And so we didn't have the snow to kind of get in our way to get in the car to go anywhere. And I remember driving on the highway, and I saw a big sign that said the Marine Girls Chorus. And I thought, wow, you could join like a group if you wanted to. And she was in third grade at that point, and so she enrolled with the Marin Girls Chorus. And after two years of doing that, she asked if she could audition for the San Francisco Girls Chorus. And um, I would say that was probably a real center point of her um, musical development um, because uh, it's a very rigorous training school. And when she was nine. said I'd like to audition and I said well if you want to audition you really might want to go see them do a performance to see if it was something that you felt comfortable doing and um, uh, as soon as she we went to uh, see them perform at Davies Symphony Hall in San Francisco and it was a beautiful performance and as soon as the girls started singing she said mom I can do this and um, I mean, I hate to say it. But she already knows this. In my head, I thought, "Wow, I, I don't think you can." <laughs> <laughs> but she had her heart set on it, and um, and she auditioned, and it turned out she was um, accepted at the age of nine into their highest um, <laughs> into the highest choral group. So she was—I don't know. I think they probably had like two or three other kids that entered that level at such a young age because it and you know you start at level one two three four etc anyway it was a very demanding program and I think that really kind of positioned her to dig deep in music theory um, repertoire Um, they got consistently evaluated but it wasn't easy and it took away from time you know going to birthday parties or making new friends so um, it's not it's it it, it was a, a point where we really as a family had to evaluate how much further she f- was able to pursue that um without taking away the special parts of right. a childhood
1: we'd started talking about that so at this point you said she's about not about nine years old
0: yeah and then yeah and when the season started with the girls course san francisco girls course she was 10 okay and um Again, it was it was very demanding. I, I think I would, you know, they're a professional touring group, and they are called upon by, you know, the city of San Francisco to do, you know, to perform at certain events. So she was able to perform uh, for Tony Bennett when it was his fiftieth, the fiftieth anniversary of his song "I Left My Heart in San Francisco." Um, are you
1: re- at the age of ten? She performed for Tony Bennett.
0: Well, with the girls' course with oh the girls God. course, so she didn't do that on her own, yeah, so she probably did that when she was about eleven, but I guess the point is at that point the the students um, you know they were up to sixteen seventeen years old, and they're learning really complicated music um, and i'm not proficient enough in choral music um, to be able to describe um, you know the the intricacies of that but uh it it was a just a very demanding um experience and you um you know they really focused on the group rather there were no soloists you could mm-hmm. never join a group like that it was all about the we and not so much about the i so i really really valued that it really cultivated an awesome sense of community for the girls um And they couldn't, they had to memorize every ounce of music. They were not allowed to read their music. Um, And they went through regular um, evaluation of theory and repertoire. So, and they would get evaluated based on that. Um, Did
1: did you ever sense, um, I was just curious when you said, it almost sounds more rigorous than, you know, half the sports teams that you hear about. And when you said the we versus the me, did, you or as the parent or she ever since any competitive sort of uh, behavior behind the scenes, or was it, you know, as you do sometimes in sports teams, like, you know, trying to sort of edge ahead, or did you feel that in this world, this sort of creative world, it was more of a constructive and building up one another as a, you know, as a traveling team?
0: Yeah, that's a really good question. I think um, in that kind of experience, it was very collaborative and the goal with the choral program is to blend and to kind of be the – if you had that personality that said, you know, I want to be the soloist, uh, that would be really – that would be very hard. And they, mm-hmm. uh, so they could only um, – it was really more about blending and bringing your unique piece to the blending so that they could sound so strong together. But the competitiveness, I mean, she didn't, she didn't really, I, I don't, I can't say that she faced that. If there was ever an opportunity where they had a solo moment, like if they had to audition for a solo, I'm sure all of the girls desperately wanted to be picked. Um, but they had such few opportunities for that, mm. that um, it was really more of a focus on the group. And I would say that, you know, just like in any, experience whether you're an adult or younger you know the last thing the kids wanted to do is be called out by their teacher if they felt if the teacher felt like they um, didn't know their part very well so that was probably the um they never wanted to be called out so i i found it really positive and um in terms of cultivating a sense of community and really appreciating art for art's sake i mean choral music is a dying art um and so to have that kind of kind of foundational training for a singer they would never get that kind of training even in college it was really an exceptional opportunity at that age
1: and and i would think again not that sports don't encourage this but i think in in the way you're speaking about this it's it's also understanding the significance and the importance of every single role you know you say a team you, you can't win a game without the entire team but with something like this you come to perfection as long as every single you want everybody to do their best I would think
0: yeah yeah it's all about the the, 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 the piece that you're gonna deliver and um, I agree with you I mean I played college sports so you know and uh, my three brothers you know played basketball in college and um there is something about the team i mean i definitely um, appreciated that team experience um i think it cultivates awesome leadership skills and um, collaboration skills and all that um the uh, but uh yeah as a I would find it just competitive in a different sense, which is um, especially if you want to play at a college level. You know you're trying to get as many points that you can score, and you're focusing on your own skill development, but you need to find opportunities where you can shine right um so that you might be attractive to right. um, a, a recruiter. So the pressure and the demand is different, but um, in this case, I was thankful for the collaborative and community experience of it but the pressure was on each of these girls yeah. to know all of their all of their music and that was the challenge that was very challenging and they did it but it you know it was hard
1: you were mentioning before that um and everything you do is a sacrifice what these kids do it's a, it's a sacrifice you know and at a younger and younger and younger age they're making these sacrifices to to go into whatever it is they're passionate about but we were talking a little bit about before too, and I'm I'm curious, like how, how do you say, so that, you know, they say, well, I've got a practice. Today. I can't go to the birthday party or, or what sacrifices. Wh- when do you step in and say, you know what? I think you should go to this instead. Or do you, when do you know to step back and say, I'm going to let them decide and, and see where it
0: goes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, um, I think every family has to, um, and have to encounter that at some point um or another and i think ultimately um you know at least among my friends um the idea of identifying what your family belief systems are and your value system can be a really helpful guide in that um and it unfortunately it's unique for everybody and depending on the sport or the um you know the um activity that the child's involved in, right? I mm-hmm. mean, now sports are held on the weekends, and teams mm-hmm. are on Sunday. you know, they play games on Sundays, and that might cut into family time and going to church together. So, in our case, um, it was about two and a half years into the course experience, and Caroline kind of arrived to that decision on her own because she was so grateful for the choral experience, but she also had interest in other types of music and wanted to um, start writing her own music and focusing on um, developing her skills playing guitar, and it was a really hard um, choice for her to make, but in that case, um, she had to evaluate herself on, do I want to continue for the next two years doing choral music? When my when I kind of have a a real inkling to want to write my own music and play guitar, and there would not have been time to do both. Right. And she, like a lot of kids, had a really academic um, um, uh, kind of load that she also had to address. So, ironically, we were um, we were playing a game once, and the game was uh, one of those tabletop. Tar- top card games and one of the questions was um if you ever had to uh, have you ever persevered when you wanted to quit (laughs) and when it was her turn and I said so what is it that you um feel like you've had to persevere when you wanted to quit and she said chorus and I said it's okay to quit and she said no I I can't quit and she really had to she really struggled on her allegiance to the group versus her own needs, so in that case, it was really easy not easy it was a struggle. don't get me wrong right. but um, it, it the opportunity kind of presented it at her timeline and what was comfortable for her and she decided after a month and a half and walk you know talking things through with her teachers that um, it would be time for her to step away. and But doing that, the sacrifice for her was I wouldn't see my this group anymore and would they still accept me right. because I'm now doing other music. And she was a f- really concerned that they would um, kind of frown upon her. But, um, you know, I think they all respected the decision that, that she made. How, how old was she
1: when she wrote her first song?
0: I would think that her um first song um was probably in sixth or seventh grade and um and then uh, and i do re- i remember the song um I <laughs> think she would be a little horrified to <laughs> to remember it herself i um uh, I think it had something to do with a boy and girls and you like that girl, but you don't like me. <laughs> 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 the angst but, um, that age the angst yeah but then what was really interesting as a lot of kids especially um, parents on the line who have kids who are in middle school you know you're navigating a lot of landmines right. and um, different stressors and I think for her what kind of carried her through middle school was the ability to find a source of expression to understand what she was going through so um whether it was kids being mean to one another, whether it was um, um, girls needing uh, receiving messages around being perfect, um, or whether it was about romantic interest, um, those were all stressors for her that she actually would use to turn into a song. So I think when she was 12, she wrote a song that's actually on her EP now called um, Heartbreak Lullaby. And I, I think she wrote that was when she was twelve, and then maybe like revisited it when she was thirteen. But um, then there was another song she wrote, and it was about someone who wasn't particularly nice and uh, was asked to be re- um, to leave the school that she attended. And she um, she said, "Gosh, what am I going to write about now? Because I don't have as much stress in my life." <laughs>
1: <laughs> was it? As a mother, and for those listening tonight who have children or anyone in your life that is creative, was it at times almost difficult or surprising to sort of read something that clearly, you know, that they were writing about that meant something to them, was touching them, might have been bothering them at the time? Was it almost like a revelation to read something that they'd written and say, wow, I I didn't even know this was going on? Or... In a positive way, mm-hmm. like wow, I'm so excited this is happening, or I don't know.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I remember. I, I, you know, I think the um, again, I'm not a songwriter. I don't write poems. I don't. I, and I think you know, for kids to be able to use writing again as a source of expression, of terms of how they're feeling or how they perceive the world around them and how to navigate it, I really. Admire that because I wasn't me too. that kid. You know, I, I liked my basketball or getting on my bike and running. I mean, those were the things. I was a little bit. I was more physical in that way. But um, yeah, there were certainly times when she would play a song or read a song, and I would scratch my head and think, "Oh, I hope she's okay." Right. One time, she came up to me and she said, oh, "I want to play the song for you, Mom. Mom, don't worry, I'm okay." <laughs> she said it's not um i uh, i'm not going to hurt myself like right. it just was a little bit dark and mysterious and i thought where is it coming from but again i think that, you know people who are creative um whether it's singing songwriting you know art painting um i think they might have an idea and then interpret it and, and take the interpretation in a lot of different directions. And and I think that would be her experience.
1: And I, would, I actually would be thrilled if my kids could express, because so much is held in. You, you know, you have to maintain in this world today. Everything is great, you know, through social media. Everything is perfect. Everything is this. But I would think through the creative expression, whatever it may be, painting, writing, poetry, singing, whatever it is, to be able to use that as an outlet is... It's just it's it's a genius outlet for them to actually express what they're feeling, perhaps, or you know, something they may not want to say to somebody else. I don't know. I think it's just such a healthy way to express what they're feeling.
0: I yeah, I agree.
1: And they're lucky to have that outlet.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I think everybody needs to find what what that that outlet is for yeah. them. And for some people, it might. Um, come to them really quickly, and other people, you know, might have to find it. But whatever kind of centers you, and, um, you know, whatever that might be to where a child can feel centered, what is that for them? And I think one thing that helps in that process is finding mentors um, who, outside the family, that can kind of support a child in, um, in their interest areas. So it's by doing that too, you're, um the onus is not on the parents as much, and it allows the child to kind of find their own um, kind of authentic way through their development without it being driven or influenced by their parents.
1: Did Did Caroline have a mentor during this time, or was she? How did she navigate the, the waters of this?
0: Um. Yeah, let's, well, I think, I, you know, sometimes mentors come in the form of, you know, a parent calling you up and asking your child to babysit, Yeah,
1: you
0: know, um, it's, I think, I think the mentoring happens, you know, a teacher, uh, yes. in her case, her fifth grade, te- uh, the choral teacher at school asked Caroline to come three days a week to help her teach the class to the third graders. Mm. Um. You know, I, I, it could be a high school student, but in her case, she had a pretty steady, like, supply of people who showed up probably at the right time. Her religion teacher would invite her to um, sing at um, certain events, and I just think that um, by having validation of a really loving and supportive community around her, outside of her family, um, was really helpful. And then as she got older you know, um, she got introduced to pre-professional or professional musicians that she really admired and looked up to and um, could learn from them. Um, But I wish every child had um, just a, a person that they could connect with who saw value in what they were doing. Because I was as good as, you know, paying the registration fee and picking up the choral uniform and driving, you know, the 15 hours a week and attending the performances. But I I was not going to be an inspire. I was not going to be a source of inspiration and, in, um, you know, in a, in a mentoring kind of way for somebody, for. I cannot imagine for her creativity. <laughs> so, you know, to have other people around in the community that, that could do that or validate her. I think is key. And I see that with a lot of kids, you know, I think it's really, it's really important. Right. From
1: anywhere, I guess, right. Anywhere. like you were saying in the community, they can just say, we all need it though. Really any age, have any support for what you're doing is well received. Yeah. And sometimes far and, you know, few and far between, but it is so essential. And it's so uh encouraging to hear for, for listeners out there who have children who are interested in pursuing a creative career or passion, whatever it may be, like Kara's saying, it doesn't always, you may not feel you're fitting the role as you know, or, or you're doing as much as you can, but maybe you may not feel like you have the experience to give them what they need. But like you're saying, it can come from a teacher or from a religious educator or from from wherever it is. It can come from outside sources that could encourage them to continue what they're doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have a younger daughter and she loves ballet. Well, I don't know anything about ballet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. And, you know, I I admire, I see some parents, like, they know everything about ballet. They know um, what summer programs to go to. They know what are good dance companies. And they research it, and they spend time and I I don't ha- I just don't I I don't know that I have the skill set to operate on that on that level. <laughs> I I just don't. I'm not I never was in a creative world. I mean, I think the last art class I took, you know, we didn't have much art in my school in primary school anyway. <laughs> so, I'm not I, I just it's, it doesn't come to me naturally. So, in her case lo- loving ballet boy, that's a niche that I am f- still learning about and um, I rely on her to kind of point in the right direction of what she wants to do. And then there's sometimes like, you know, ballet, it's it's nonstop. So, I mean, they never get a break and that means there's limited vacation time as a family or limited time to visit her grandma and grandpa. And so, you know, this this past month, I said, "Listen, you, this is your February vacation. It would be really nice to take a break and go visit your grandma and grandpa." So we were able to do that, but I had to at that point kind of jump in and say, "We, we need to. You need a break,
1: right? Right? You know." Now, with with Car- I guess singing versus dancing, all the different creative outlets that people choose to take. When Caroline, so you said she she began writing. And she's, and she's older than your daughter who is taking ballet right now. She's a few uh-huh. years older. Um, uh-huh. Was there a time when she decided, and for those of you just joining us, Caroline Skye, uh, I'm speaking with Kara Connors right now, and her daughter Caroline Skye is, uh, tune in next week, we think. She is, she's currently on uh, NBC's hit, my favorite show in the entire world, by the way, The Voice, and well deserves to be on there and to go and win the entire thing, no question. Um... But when did Caroline sort of decide okay so I've moved from the chorus I've I'm now writing songs and when was there the, the decision to take it to the next step and and I guess was the voice her decision to take it to the next step or had something happened before that
0: Oh so um that's a good question she um so after the chorus she started, decided to spend more time like doing um songwriting and um um playing guitar. She also plays piano. Um, And, oh gosh, it was like over the summer and she had the opportunity to go downtown with her dad and they set up their guitar and they played music together. And it was from that where people like, yeah, and people started to take an interest and then people would say, oh, where are you going to play again? But she was always like, when she started to do her own stuff and she wanted to do like open mics um, um and so in our town we there was a special place where we would go as a family and both um grace our younger one and caroline would perform um as well as with some other kids so things started to kind of turn a little bit when she was performing publicly her own music and then you know the, the um she had the opportunity. Once people started to see her in public settings, then people would ask her, "Gee, do you want to perform at this festival, or um, you know, um, at this private event, um, or would you be interested in doing a house concert?" And then over time, she realized, "Wow, I could make money at this because <laughs> she was getting paid for certain events." And then it turned into summer jobs, and then um, she. So it, it kind of took on a life of its own, and. You know, she started to see at a young age what the sacrifices meant and that being a musician isn't a straight line. Like if you want to become a doctor, you go to college, you go to medical school, you go to get your residency, your fellowship, and then you get might get a teaching position and then you're a practicing physician. So it's pretty like straight line. And the musician is different from any other creative kind of – Field that I am aware of, where you are, you are, you are the product, and you have to do what you need to do to kind of put yourself out there. And I mean, clearly, Caroline's biggest responsibility was going to school and getting a good education. And then on the side, she was kind of navigating a very private slash public world where a lot of her friends weren't really sure of because she didn't want to tell her friends that she was performing or opening for somebody so um it kind of developed in that way and you know just things would happen very organically you know she got invited when she was 11 to perform at the fairfax festival and she performed in front of 700 people and at 11 she loved it yeah she said mom i love this i want to do this again and (laughs) At that moment, I thought, oh, I, I can see how the adrenaline or yeah. the attractiveness of being in front of a crowd and getting that feedback and liking it. And um, but she was fearless and it didn't bother her at all. And so then one thing would lead to another. And, you know, then she, the year later, she performed at the Fairfax Festival and Joan Baez was there and wanted to meet Caroline afterwards. Oh my so gosh. You know Caroline had the chance to talk to her, and um, you know there were so many other you know people there that she had the chance to just meet and then so things started to change she got started getting more attention and um, and then she had enough songs that she had written that she said, "Mom, every time I go and perform, people ask me if if I have any music to give them, and I really want to record and i said you know you have your whole life ahead of you to do that and she was really disappointed that i didn't really support that i i supported the idea it was just a matter of you know when you're older you can do that but you don't have to do that now right. and um she said no i want to do it now and she was pretty insistent on it and um you know so that's uh, eventually time uh you know, it just, it became a little, um, I couldn't just say, um, I guess as a parent you can always say no, but I had to evaluate her interest and her creative interest. It would be like saying, you know, to a kid who really likes photography and wants to put together a gallery of their photography and just put it up in the local cafe, why couldn't Caroline make mm-hmm. Something of her art, and again, for me, it was just a matter of well, you're young. But she said, "But mom, people ask, and I need to give them something." So she was probably a little bit more ahead of it than me. And eventually, (laughs) you know, her dad was said, "You know, if it's what she wants to do, why wouldn't you let her do it?" And uh, we agreed that you know it would be something that maybe she would put put some of her own money in that she had saved um to produce it and so we um actually somebody saw her performing at um at a kind of singer showcase and um a guy this young guy was sitting there and he was one of the performers and he said he looked at me and he said did she write her music and i said yeah and he's like wow i could i could hear lots of different sounds and i could see this developing into a really cool cd and um he became a good friend of ours over time and a really good mentor for Caroline. And he, um, I said, well, it's funny because she wants to put together a CD. And I said, if you have any ideas, let me know. And about a week later, he called me and he said, I would really love to do it. I've never done it, but I've I've produced music for myself, but I'd love to produce her first um, EP. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And it was, I mean, it was really not, it's just, again, it was more organic because I trusted him and I enjoy, it and he was a good friend. So for us, that was kind of the path we took, but other people take a different path, right? And they might interview different producers and they might, right. you know, it, for us, it was just kind of a synergistic thing. And, um, you know, if you go to a big, big, big producer, it costs a lot more money. And we wanted the experience to be positive and fun and not filled with any pressure or expectation so we kept it very simple both you know her music
1: and when so for those so for parents out there who or anybody out there who is looking for some sort of a guidance you know that they're they're sort of there with their songs they want to take it to the next step so when he said he would help produce the cd what's the next step do you then begin i guess even as far as marketing do you begin face a social media uh you know, campaign. Do you be, do you start with a website? Do you, I guess now it's all online music. Do you sell it online? How do yeah. you go there?
0: Well, I think the standard approach, um, and now we, now we're starting to get into like music industry business. And I'm not, um, again, we've kind of pursued our path, but right, right. there are other paths to take. And in her case, um, yeah. So once you have something, then people will say, well, now you need an, an audience other than the people that you're seeing at your gigs that might want to um, um, buy buy your music or hear you. And uh, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, at the advent of the Internet, people and in digital um, music, then people can access it online. So with her, it was a matter of like every gig that she went to, she'd have a mailing list. And then she would be able to take those names and put it into her database, and then she could send out a newsletter. And, and so it was a way of kind of shopping around your music, either online or in person. And I think that's you know, what people um, might miss is, okay, it's all fine and good if I put together an um, EP, but to what end do I want to do that? What is my own personal goal? Do I want to just have something special that I've created and, um, to share it with friends and family close to me? Um, or is my goal, I would like to reach a wider audience. And so, and to reach a wider audience, then now you start looking at a greater investment of resources to, um, and even though there's cheap programs out there, it's still time intensive. You have right, to, right. you know, you get pictures and, you know, uh, and maybe you want really good pictures, but because she's so young, we really wanted to keep it focused on the development of her skills right. and her songwriting. So there was a—that's, I think, the real balance when a person is young. And I'm sure, as like as musicians as they get older too, it's—I have to maintain my job. My my, some people um, might have a full-time job, Some people might their music might be their full-time job Um, and I have to keep writing and keep developing my skills but I also have to keep pushing my music out so I can reach a wider audience so I can get my new music out so that people aren't hearing the old music that I've done so um, I really admire people who take that path because it's it's a it is it's more than a passion I mean it's it's more than a passion it's and it's really it's their it's their soul really inside of them that kind of keeps pushing them but i really admire the the kind of tenacity and the effort but i also know many musicians where they they just wouldn't have it any other way because it is it's who they are it's who they
1: are right they're not right it's the integrity of their creativity i guess right it's it's their yeah. they're not yeah. going to change for anything so right when did, and again, I'm speaking with Kara Connors, mother of Caroline Sky. those of you who are just joining us right now, an amazing 16-year-old, if you can believe it, which I don't think you can believe, when you hear the words, hear her voice, hear her message, that she's 16 years old. She's an unbelievable artist um, who is now currently on The Voice, on NBC's the hit series The Voice. When did Caroline decide, Kara, that she wanted to, and I don't even know how it works with The Voice. If you audition, or or it's like a pre-audition, sending in a tape prior to that. And I know, by the way, those of us listening tonight, and I'm included, I cannot wait to see what happens. We're going to have to keep, stay. we will stay tuned for next week to see if Kara's on. Um, we don't know the outcome, but we know she's made it this far. How do you get even that far? What does it entail, and, and, and what do you do? And were you ever, as her mother, hesitant to encourage her to, proceed with this? Or were you enthusiastic? Like, what was your feeling about it?
0: Well, uh, no, it was definitely something that Caroline um, was interested in doing. And, um, you know, people can find out online, you know, in terms of every musician has their own experience. But I do recall seeing a few like YouTube videos of people who um, went to the audition. So they have open call auditions. And, you know, that's when you see, you know, long lines of people, uh, you know, waiting their turn. And, um, you do have to prepare, um, uh, I think, yeah, you have to be prepared with your one or two songs, whatever the guidelines are. And I'm sure if people go to NBC The Voice, they'll be able to see, um, when those audition dates are. But, um... The audition process really is to, um, uh, you know, see at what point can, do you uh, earn the right to proceed right, and, right. Um, and then go further in, into the process. So she is in that process now. And like you said, we will have to just wait and see <laughs> when um, her, her blind audition is. Um, so we don't, we don't even know. Um, But the pre-audition stuff um, is uh, available, again, online for people that are interested. And you have to um, prepare – I don't even know how many – I don't know what the guidelines are. Um, But they
1: can go online to sort of figure that out.
0: Yeah, they'll be able to figure that out. And I think think that whether it's the voice or whether it's – you know, a local auditioning experience. I think the whole um, act of auditioning is just a good life skill because kids are put in a situation where um, they will be evaluated and they won't be evaluated, you know, they'll be evaluated by somebody in their community or in this case, you know, um, uh, a TV producer. Um, But those are good, I think, really good skills um, for people who are serious about music or, you know, if acting, dance, whatever their creative, um, sport or activity is, that's the whole notion of, of auditioning, I think is a excellent, um, skill to, to, to develop. And I think she went into it, um, hoping that, um, she, uh, would, um, be able to proceed in, in that process and, And we'll just wait and see what happens if a chair turns for her. You know, they just started the the premiere on Monday, the 27th. And I know they're on tonight again and then um, next, you know, next week and the week after. So we we are not sure when her audition will be um, aired. Um, But I don't think, you know, for her, um, she's she was really, really excited about it. Obviously it was a, a, a dream for her and, um, you know, it, she'll just keep writing music. I mean, I right, think she's right. hoping that that's something that she feels is a real honor for her to be able to do. It's an honor for her to be on the show. And I know that, um, she's still young and she's got a lot to learn. Um, but she is up for it. And, mm-hmm. You know, Mike and I are trying to support her as much as she would like us to support her.
1: And I think like you just said...
0: Because she's getting older now. Right,
1: right. That's right. (laughs) But I think what's something... I mean, I don't know
0: how old your kids are, but after a while they they say, okay, I need you, but I don't want you.
1: Right. That's right. Uh, But something you just said before about how, even through the voice, how they do this, or just in general the ability to go out there and showcase something that you feel so deeply passionate about. And I'm a huge voice fanatic. I watch it all. And I love when they come back, even time and time, you know, they didn't make it, they come back. They didn't make it, they come back. And I think that's almost a lesson in this as well, that people can walk away with that just in life, not just the voice, but just in general. I think it's a good lesson that there's a constructive cr- criticism behind that as well. You're not always going to make it the first time around. You're not always going to make it the second time or the third time. But if you're that passionate about it and if you, you love it that much, I don't know, that says something about you and your pers- the person who you are to keep trying and to keep trying. And maybe there's an avenue you can take in that same field that might take you a different direction. But to have the fortitude and the courage and the confidence, and it's hard to, to keep trying I think is even the bigger lesson in all of this to everybody else.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Now, our younger daughter was just faced with um, a competitive audition process um, for ballet, and she—it was for a summer intensive, and um, for you know, this is new for me. But ballet dancers, their summer experiences are really important. And um, there's auditions happening all the time to get into the summer program of your dreams, right? And she decided this year she was just going to audition for one um, ballet company that she was really her dream. And she got in.
1: Oh, that's so amazing.
0: But then she got a letter saying, "Our enroll, we, we kind of made a mistake. No. We, oh, no. we asked... Too many people, and now we've got too many people who are registering, and so we have to put a pause, so there's a chance you may not be able to come. So I said, again, that was a good life experience, yeah. I said, well, tell me how, how badly you want this, and she's like, I really, I am I can't believe this happened, and I said, well, how do you want to handle it, and she ended up writing a letter kind of reaffirming her interest and belief in that She hopes that by the end of March, when they've reached a decision, that there's still space for her to participate. And so again, it's a good lesson in terms of all of us face life situations where we, things don't work out. Um, a lot of times things don't work out.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and you have to just keep moving forward. And um you know, I I can only say I am so glad I played basketball. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. I mean I really value I you know, when I see plays and musicals and go to concerts, I mean I it's just it takes some some people it's these people are super special. I, I just, it's not, I can't even understand the the risk and the heartbreak that goes into it, right? Because in basketball, when I played and your kids play team sports, they have each other to fall back on. That's right. When you are a dancer or a musician, it's you. When you're out on that stage, it's you and only you. But, and, but, but can I just say, you know, it's, the,
1: it's them. And I can't believe we only have one minute left. Oh, no, I just told we have one minute left. But i got to say, Kara, I think you are also the example tonight to everybody out there. You have two children who you have raised who feel the confidence to go out there and give it a shot. Creativity, create, with this creative expression, dance, music, whatever it is. And, and I don't think you take the credit... For giving them the confidence to go out there. And I don't think it's about the success. I think it's about instilling in your children, or whoever it is, the confidence to go out there and take it, show who you are, regardless of the outcome. And to me, I think I've learned a ton from you tonight as well. It's not the outcome, it's raising these kids who are able to face whatever it is to pursue their dreams and sort of, you know, the consequences or the result is not what matters it's going out there and showing who you are through you writing the song, singing the song, dancing the dance. So I commend you and your husband and your family for supporting these kids. And I hope that's the message that we get across tonight. I can't believe we have to go now. Kara, um, it was an absolute honor to have you on tonight. Everybody out there can, has to tune into the voice because Caroline guy has to get there. She has to have a chair turned. I'm going to bet you four chairs turned because I've seen her sing. She's amazing. And um, let's, keep, you know, tweeting in, voting in for Caroline and Kara. I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight, for sharing your experience. But I, again, as I said, for sharing how you raise these kids to pursue what they wanted to pursue. And I've learned a lot tonight. So, everyone, thank you for listening in. And I'll see you all next week on Morpham Moments. Good night, everyone.
0: Thank you. Served honorably in our nation's Sorry. armed forces and you're looking for a way to continue serving your fellow veterans in your community, then join AMVETS. Hi, I'm Janice Ian. Do you remember how excited you were at the start of summer every year and how the summer just started to drag on after a few months and you couldn't wait to get back to school, see your old friends, make new friends, get new books and a new locker and a clean slate? Well, you should have been excited about music class, too, because that was a special room where you went to sing, perform with your friends, and learn all kinds of interesting stuff about great composers, instruments, different kinds of music and songs. We remember our music teachers because they were so passionate about helping us learn to love music. They helped to spark a love for listening to notes and voices and rhythms that continues to enrich our lives even today. I bet your kids feel the same way about music class. Ask them and make sure they get involved with music in school and in their lives. A PSA
1: brought to you by MENC, the National Association for Music Education, and the National Anthem Project, the campaign to restore America's voice through music education. Music,
0: part of a sound education.